You're listening to Jet Nation Radio, the official podcast of JetNation.com. The largest independent fan site in the NFL. Be sure to check out our forums and talk all things Jets with thousands of other diehard Jets fans. Now to get you up to date on all the latest Jets news, notes, and quotes, here are your hosts, Glenn Naughton and Alex Morallo. Good evening, Jets fans. I am Glenn Naughton. This is Jet Nation Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. Much appreciated. Alex will be here when he's here. Uh, we generally communicate a little bit leading up to a show. Didn't get in touch with him tonight. He might still he might still be in Miami, folks. For all we know, Alex might still be sitting in his sitting in his seat, staring blankly at an empty football field where the New York Jets, as you all know, hit what I I would view personally. And I asked this before the game. Thought about it quite a bit. Thought about it during the game. And now that the game is a few days behind us, you, for all of the embarrassing losses this team has had over the years, and there have been many, there have been many, um, it's hard to recall a game, in my opinion, that that ranks lower than this. Because no matter the upsets, no matter the circumstances, you know, you talk about the blown leads and, the, the you know, the, the game against the Bills that had to be played in Detroit because the Bills were snowed in and couldn't use their stadium. And they go get blown out. And then there's, you face Kyle Orton last year who's been on the Bills roster for like 20 minutes. And he comes in and throws for about 1,000 yards. But what sets this game aside is that you lost a game sets it apart, I should say. You lost a game to a team that is actively trying to lose. Like, that is their... Every, there's, there's nobody who doesn't realize the Miami Dolphins are trying to lose football games. All of their good players are either on injured reserve or they've been traded. You've got Ryan, Fitz, <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick, a quarterback... And you're making him look like uh, like a Hall of Famer back there. I, I tweeted this out during the game for those of you who saw it, and that's I think that might be why I laugh now. Uh, my wife said to me during the game because my wife has, you know, doesn't doesn't watch football, but she knows I'm an insane, you know, lunatic. And she happened to be walking past me the other day, and she said uh, during the game. And my wife says, I don't think I've ever heard it. I don't ever heard you laughing at the Jets for losing. Like, why are you laughing? And I just, I just shook my head, and she just kind of said, "Is it so you don't cry?" And I just kind of smirked and went, "It might be. <laughs> that might be the reason." I don't know. For each and every one of you listening, no idea how long you've been a fan of or following this team. For me personally, uh, this is year number thirty-three for me, which to say out loud is insane. Like, I can't believe I've been watching this football team stink it up for 33 years. 33 years. And what what, what do you got to show for it? A couple playoff wins. Yay! Big deal. A couple playoff wins. And where do you go from here? Where does does Christopher Johnson go from here? Where do Jets fans go from here? 
Where does this team go from here? Because this team is so much worse than they were last year. And, and, the, and the problem is, and I've mentioned this before, I'll mention it again, the offensive line is a sheer disaster, despite having most of the same guys in place that they had last year. They have already, and I wrote this, going, leading into this game, leading up to the Miami game, that there was a chance, and it happened, that they would give up, they, by the end of that game, the Jets had given up more sacks at the midway point of 2019 than they did all of last year with much of, of the same offensive line intact. It's still Brandon Shell. It's still Brian Winters. You had Harrison for parts of last year. He played the other day. He's played in spots this year. You have Alex Lewis, who at the very least is probably a wash, uh, you know, running him up against James Carpenter. They're both pretty bad. And then you have Adoga, who, of course, has started a few games, but it's been mostly Beecham this year, and it'll be Beecham again when he's healthy. But don't tell me that Chuma Adoga for three games – and Alex Lewis uh, swapping him out for James Carpenter and Kalichi Osemele, obviously, that, that that should lead to a team doubling the number of sacks they've allowed in a season because that's the pace the Jets are on right now. They've given up more sacks in eight games than they gave up in 16 last year. With an offensive genius head coach, Adam Gase, why does the man still have a job? Get him out of there. Christopher Johnson, we know... Listen, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to. You're still paying Todd Bowles for a couple of years. You gave Gase a four-year deal, and I hear people using this as a reason as to why he won't. You can't fire Adam Gase because he won't want to pay three guys at once. This, with this team's worth, with the money it generates, with the money the league generates, with the money. The Johnson family has from the, the, the Johnson and Johnson fortune. Are they in position to say, ah, we can't hire a coach because then we're spending an extra $5 million? Like, th- this is a billionaire family. You realize a billion is a million millions, right? I'm getting my math right. That, that's enough to, like, not worry a great deal about four or five or six or seven or eight million dollars that you're paying to a head coach who is so far – it's ridiculous. I mean, clearly, I mean, stating the obvious here, Jesus, was I wrong when I thought this guy was an upgrade over Todd Bowles. Now, that, this doesn't mean they should have kept Todd Bowles. I've seen that. Oh, do you miss Todd Bowles yet? What does it matter if you – I want a good coach. I don't want Todd Bowles back. But I do want Adam Gase gone. How the hell did Adam Gase have a winning record against Todd Bowles? Against anyone. He had a winning record. This, this atrocious coach had a winning record against the Jets while he, was, while he was coaching the Dolphins. How does he have a couple wins against Bill Belichick's Patriots? It's a train wreck. Last in the NFL in offense, dead last in every category except rushing where they are a, the shining star 30th of 32 teams. Points last, 
passing last. Total offense last. Rushing, ooh, 30th. Well, there you go. Good work, Adam. Strong work, buddy. You got Chris Johnson, you, you can't – this can't continue to happen. And I'm yes, I am a believer, and you got to have continuity. You don't want the quarterback having to work with a new guy every year. Blah 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 blah. blah. I get that, but you don't do it to the detriment of the quarterback. I mean, th- there's no question that Sam Donald is regressing, despite the addition of Le'Veon Bell, despite the addition of Crowder, despite going from year one to year two, where you would expect any quarterback to make that leap, to make that that big improvement. The weapons are better, the O-line is largely the same, and the quarterback's getting noticeably worse. Some of the decisions are horrific. The off-target throws, is, you know, he, he, he banged up his thumb, he had a toenail removed. Listen, you got to make the throw, and, you, and he can make, you know, that's part of the frustrating thing, is you do still see, but I guess I should say it's part of the good, do still see some plays out of Donald where you're like, all right, that that's why he's the guy. That's why we think he can be the guy. And then I'll make a couple of dumb mistakes, and you say, you know what? Listen, he's still a kid. He's still 22. He's still learning. The guy literally just now has a full season worth of starts under his belt. Because remember, he missed a few games last year. He missed a few games this year. So Sam Donald has started, what, 17, 18 NFL games? We're not talking about a guy who's on start number 30 and doesn't look any better than he did in start number one. We're talking about a guy who, as a rookie, looked dramatically improved over the final quarter of the season than he had at any point leading up to that. And then this season, of course, just starts off a total disaster. Mono comes back, O-line camp, O-line camp block to save their lives. Same thing every every damn week. Same thing. Guy just running for his life. And you have to, you know, again, it's not only about the, the, the results. And it's not only about Adam Gase being in over his head. You've got to do something right now if you're Christopher Johnson. And, and I understand there is the chance, and this, this is what I'm hoping, since Adam Gay still has a job despite the fact that he should not still have a job. If you remember last year, I, I was saying a lot of these same things about Todd Bowles, and I mentioned specifically that Buffalo game that I mentioned earlier in this show about how was that Buffalo game, how did that not get him fired. That, to me, was a low point as a Jets fan. And we learned later in the season, or we learned after Todd Bowles' firing, some media, some beat writers reported that it was after that Buffalo loss that Chris Johnson was like, hey, man, we, we got to put out some feelers. Todd Bowles isn't the guy. So I hope that following this demoralizing, embarrassing, humiliating loss that Christopher Johnson is doing the same thing. And, of course, with Joe Douglas heavily involved, leading the search, to be honest, for a head coach because this this isn't working. And you have to do something to give this fan base some hope because right now 
I mean, how, how is it we've spent so many years just saying, God, get the quarterback, get the quarterback, get the quarterback, and you get the quarterback, and literally everything else around him falls apart. The offense is a complete disaster. They can't move the ball to save their lives. They can't get in the end zone. If you're Chris Johnson, you have to realize that a new head coach is one thing that you can do. Because, look, you're not going to fix the O-line overnight. You're not going to fix the receivers overnight. You're not going to fix the cornerback situation overnight. You're not going to fix the pass rush situation overnight. Those are the biggest concerns on this team. And, I've, you know, I've, I've talked about it previously. You can draft O-line. You're, you bet your ass you're going to draft O-line. You're, you're probably taking – you are taking multiple O-linemen in this draft. Do you think it's realistic to expect they're going to draft three or four guys who are day one starters? No. You better supplement that with some free agent additions. Does Sheriff hit free agency? Hell, I hope so. But there are so many things, so many pieces that need to be put in place as this team has regressed. But, again, the frustrating part is that they're so much worse than they were last year. This offensive line was far better, I mean, not even close, night and day better than this last year. Adam Gase comes to town. All of a sudden, everybody forgets how to block like the entire O-line, and it's a complete disaster. That stadium, the Jets play the Giants this Sunday. Oh, my God. I don't know. I think I think the Jets fans might be rooting for the Giants, and the Giants fans might be rooting for the Jets because it's about draft position at this point. And they both stink. Jets are looking at a top three pick again. Top five, probably top three. What do you do with it? if I'm the Jets? That that top three pick is Chase Young. I, yeah, I, O-line, I get it. We need it. But you know what? I'm going with Chase Young in the top three. I'm ho- I mean, I'm, I'm hoping like hell. If you're going to be this bad, you may as well pick one or two. And then hope. You're sitting at two on a team like the Bengals or the Dolphins. Dolphins might beat the Jets again. That'll bump them ahead of the Jets in draft position. But you hope that there's a quarterback needy team at one and a quarterback needy team at three and maybe one at four or five. And you're sitting at two. And if you can move back one spot, add some picks, still get Chase Young. And then with the first and maybe, you know, first and whatever rounder they get in exchange for Jamal Adams. Now all of a sudden you got a you got a healthy haul in the first round. And Jamal Adams, make no mistake about it, he's he's gone. But um, unless the Jets pony up and give him like shut down corner money, which he is not. He's a versatile safety, he's a hell of a player. He's got the potential to be one of the top defensive players in the NFL. I won't take that away from him. But this is, you know, we've talked about it. This is his exit strategy. This is how he wants to get out of New York. 
even after this game, he gave a lot of canned answers, no emotion, almost reading off of a script, which honestly I'm fine with. I get it. I don't have a problem with it. You want to go to Dallas or anywhere, your agent's telling you how to play this game, how to get out of town. The wins and losses don't matter to you anymore. You have eight games left as a Jet. So why get all wound up? And Rich Samini covers the Jets for ESPN. He, he sends out a tweet saying, very little emotion from Jamal, standard answers. We're going to play hard. We've got to fix it. We have Adam Gase's back, blah, 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 blah. And then Jamal Adams comments on the tweet that he, you know, he can't win. When he blows up, he gets criticized, and when he's calm, he gets criticized. And that's, he's kind of adopting the, the, the false narrative that the people who support him have adopted, which is that people are criticizing him because he wants to win so badly. No. Nobody, nobody's criticizing him for wanting to win. Nobody's criticizing him for playing hard. Nobody's saying he's not a great player. What he is being criticized for is, is being childish. And Samini wasn't criticizing him. He was just pointing out, like, hey, Jamal, you know, seems drained, not very, not animated, not emotional. He wasn't ripping him. But Adams tweets out, you know, I can't win. I get ripped when I blow up, and then I get ripped when I'm calm. First of all, you didn't blow up. Not that we saw. You were upset, pouting. But we just saw a guy who was pouting, wanted to have a word with the owner. He doesn't like his coach anymore, doesn't like his GM anymore, because they answered the telephone. So that wasn't blowing up over anything. It was being childish. And then the being calm thing, nobody's – so it's, it's, it's almost like wh- wh- not only are you taking the time to comment on something that really you should have bigger things to worry about, you're taking the time to, to spin the story and make it something that it's not. And that's, you know, is that going to be the new norm moving forward? I mean, really, and I don't mean this in a, uh, you know, what, like, like, a, like a, a shut up and, and play sports kind of way. I just mean it in a, in what way is this productive way? Like, just stop commenting. You're moving on. You've made it clear. You and your agent have made it clear that you either want insane money or you want out. And the team will do what they have to do. So go out there every Sunday, play your ass off like you always do, because that's the way you play the game, and I respect the hell out of that. And give, give canned answers after the game. I'm going to go back and watch film. Got to try to get better. Coach is great. Blah, blah, blah. Standard cookie-cutter answers. And then, then go. Do whatever you do after games. Don't log on to your Twitter to see who's saying what about you. Wait till, wait till the combine. Joe Douglas will approach Jerry Jones. Try to get a one and a three. You know, ho- hopefully the Cowboys make the playoffs and, and they end up losing and feel like a guy like Jamal could have been the difference. You know, maybe then they make a move. But until then, you know, I just don't get it. Like I said, I'm not saying 
the guy shouldn't be allowed to tell you. You want to talk, talk. Say whatever the hell you want to say. But, you know, don't rephrase stuff or reframe it to make it something it's not. And, and don't pretend that you're being criticized for something that no one's criticizing you for. It's just, you know, uh, just one more, one more fantastic development on what has been a, a glowing season, right? I mean, it's, it's really just at a point where what the hell else can go wrong. And uh, speaking of things that can go wrong, although, I mean, I don't really know. I don't know that anybody's upset by this. But uh, the Jets placed cornerback Tremaine Johnson, um, arguably the biggest contract free agent bust in team history, on injured reserve. He will be released this offseason. They placed Josh Bellamy, another largely, I would say, fair to assess his waste of a roster spot, on injured reserve. And they placed Rontez Miles, safety, on injured reserve. So three guys go to IR. And the Jets elevate uh, Josh Adams, which is an interesting addition because he's uh, a running – I mean, with the, you know, I want to say a, a bruising running back, but Jesus, behind this offensive line, when you're getting – when guys are blasting you before you get to the line of scrimmage, uh, he probably won't be bruising anybody. But anyway, Josh Adams is added to the roster. Uh, Le'Veon Bell had an MRI for knee and ankle, which the Jets are saying is not major. Sounds like he's going to be fine. But their Jets are claiming that there were whispers that some other teams were interested in Josh Adams. They didn't want to lose him off the practice squad. Now, that does make sense given the fact that Ty Montgomery's on a one-year deal. And Montgomery and Powell are probably gone after the season. So I can see where the Jets would say, you know, if, if they if they like Josh Adams and want him around next year. Remember, uh Joe Douglas would be familiar with Adams, uh, who was with the Eagles while while Joe Douglas was there. So Adams gets added to the active roster. And the Jets also claimed uh, Maurice Kennedy. I haven't had a chance to watch any film on him because this just happened in the last hour or two. Who was, he played corner for the Ravens. Solid PFF ratings, but really, you know, uh, that's all fine and good, but I want to watch him play, uh, turn on some film, hopefully get a chance to do some of that this week. But uh, the Jets are thin at corner, obviously. Um, I mean, not like it matters, not like the, not like the corners there without were any good because they, they just weren't. And they, they, I believe they were down to four. The Jets were down to four corners on the roster. And obviously that's a little bit, you know, that's thinner than you'd like to get. So they made a move there. Um, trying to see, no. Yeah, so Kennedy was the guy, uh, like I said, PFF, PFF graded him out as a sort of, over the last couple of years, an average to slightly below average cover guy, which uh, on the Jets probably uh, probably makes you the number one corner. <laughs> because really, uh, Daryl Roberts, can we talk about Daryl Roberts for a second? Um, here's a guy, and I, you know, I said this myself, I said during the off season, I said during the season, I said early in the season that he's a guy that, you know, I hope he picked up where he left off last year, played, you know, did a solid job at corner. Wasn't great, but did a nice job before he got moved to safety. Um, you know, and, and I, you know, the way I worded it was if he, if he picks up where he left off, things won't be as bad as we thought. And he's been bad more often than he's been good. 
this Sunday was easily, I would say, his worst game as a pro. I don't remember him ever looking worse than he did this week. Absolutely atrocious football game for him. And Darrell Roberts comes out after the game talking about how the Jets don't need fake-ass fans. And if you're going to ride with us, ride with us. And if you're not, you're not. Blah, 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 blah. So now players are going to try to determine which fans are fake and which fans are real based on what, based on what if they boo you, if you, if you stink up the joint and you're embarrassing yourself out there and a fan who paid their, you know, their hard-earned money to get into that stadium and watch you stink it up and you're going to get upset with them for voicing their displeasure with what was absolutely, you know, an embarrassing display of football, I mean, come on. That, I mean, listen, the Jets can win with him. If the Jets can't win with him, they can, they can certainly not, you know, they can lose without him. You can go 1-6, and 1-7, and 1-8. and eight. With that guy as your number two corner, you can keep doing the same thing with him off the team. And I would have zero issue if the Jets had stepped up and said, you know what, you're insulting the fans. The fans, if, if ever there was a time the fans had every single right to be pissed off with this team, it's this year. And for him to do that is just just absolutely ridiculous. It really is. The team supposedly, you know, slapped him on the wrist. Don't do that. Don't talk about the fans that way. And he's a guy, he doesn't have much of a presence. You don't see a lot of him on social media. Darrell Roberts, he rarely comments. But when he does take the time to comment, it's to say that the Jets have fake-ass fans because because they don't like being 1-7. Only the best fans like being 1-7, right? Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, another addition the Jets made, one that was sorely needed, and, it, and a curious one, too. Uh, Paul Warlow, who's an inside linebacker. He, I want to say he was with Philadelphia this preseason and just retired before the year started. And now here we are a couple months later, and... Joe Douglas, Joe Douglas like his retired players, apparently. Uh, obviously, Ryan Khalil and now Warlow, who he brings out of retirement, given the fact that the Jets don't have, don't have any inside linebackers. I completely understand where the Jets are coming from on this one. Warlow played uh, four years with Atlanta before going to Detroit in 2017. And he had, um, he had what, 260, between 2013-2014, uh, he had 270 tackles. That's a hell of a lot of tackles. And then he had another 95 in 2015 as a full-timer. Started 12 games in 13, 16 in 2014, 15 in 2015. Then uh, 2016, only started one game, and then started eight games for Detroit in 2017. Hasn't played since then. But you're talking about a guy, basically, I mean, you had those numbers up, and he's, he's over, he was over 400 tackles his first three years in the league as an inside linebacker. Um, who only missed? Oh, he only missed one game. Hey, he played in 16, 16, and 15 games his first three years. 12 games, 2016, 13 games, 2017. But he's basically he's, he's an experienced veteran, six foot two thirty. Plays on the inside. No idea if it was if it was injuries. No idea why he stepped aside. But obviously, his retirement was uh, came to a an abrupt halt when Joe Douglas gave him a call. So Worlow's another guy that, uh, that the Jets added with, 
with the with the players they placed on IR that I mentioned earlier. And now, I mean, let's face it, the guy could might be a, might be a starter for this team. He might he might be someone who goes from sitting on his couch to starting an inside linebacker this week because let's face it, Burgess has been a complete disaster. There's really no getting around that. And they need they need somebody to step in. And and at this point, it's it's you know it really. I mean, can you stop and think about how how what your thought process is for this season? How are you feeling about this season? And can you believe? Can we have we have eight games left? There are eight more of these things. I can't remember the last time I wanted a season to be over more than this. I mean, talk about just get to the draft. It's just, I mean, it it really is unbelievable that this team is sitting at one and seven, and as I said earlier, there's there's nothing there's nothing you can look at with this team right now and feel good about. Even Darnold, and it's not Darnold's fault. I'm not putting it on Darnold. I mean, he does have to make some better decisions, but Le'Veon Bell has been rendered useless in this offense. Everybody is. Why, why single out Bell? Well, I guess because he's making $17 million. But Robbie Anderson, invisible. Le'Veon Bell, invisible. Crowder, Crowder had a hell of a first drive the other day. We have 60, 70 yards on that first drive. I don't remember seeing him much after that. The O-line. Just, there's, there's really... Fadakasi, there you go. Fuller runs of Fadakasi, or Foley, as he goes by. There's your bright spot so far this season. There's not much beyond that. Blake Cashman had a couple good moments. Yeah, Jamal Adams has been good. Marcus May stayed healthy, that's nice. I mean, we're, we're, at, the, we're at the halfway point. And... Well, and I should say, actually, I feel like Jordan Jenkins, he's really only played five full games. He's got three sacks, so let's give him a little bit of credit. He's done a, he's done a nice job. Three sacks in five full games is, uh, is not all that bad, really. And uh, he's got himself 15 quarterback. Uh, well, his hurry sacks, his total, his total quarterback pressures, he's got 15, which isn't a bad number. Three guys played, you know, four and a bit. He started, well, he started he's down for six games. But the, what was it, Cleveland, I think, he left after a couple series. So he's played five games in, in reality. Quinnen Williams got his first sack, his first full sack. He tweeted out before the game, if this guy can't make some splash plays against this O-line, we might not see any. And then what happens? Miami looked to me like the, the, the guard was trying to pull. The center was trying to double-team on Williams. But the pulling guard got in his way. So completely unblocked. He just comes tearing in and gets a sack. Like, yeah, you'd like to see him beat somebody. I mean, a sack's a sack. He'll take it. But completely unblocked versus beating the man in front of you is, uh, you know, those are two completely different things. But even still, you know, congrats to the kid for that. But what I'd like to know, and I'd love to have the opportunity to ask Greg Williams, you know, I know we've talked about keeping guys fresh, but what – 
why in the world is Quinn Williams on the bench as much as he is? I mean, again, I get you said in the preseason you want to get, you're going nowhere. You're trying to develop this kid, and you got you got guys taking snaps over him. Nathan Shepard getting snaps over him, right? I mean, do we not want Quinton Williams to get max reps? And by the way, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say uh, we will not be joined by Alex tonight. Uh, and something may have come up. Like I said, we normally touch base with one another before uh, before the show. We didn't get around to that tonight. But uh, we are going to go to the phones real quick. We've got a caller calling in from the 646 area code. 646 caller, what do you got? Hey, what's going on, man? This is Bryce calling from Brooklyn. How you doing? Hey, how you doing, man? Doing all, doing all right, doing all right. Yo, I saw the show, saw you were talking some, some Jets football. Um, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm not a huge Jets fan, but been living here in New York for a while. Definitely have some thoughts on the team. Um, the question that really got me was, can it get worse? And the answer is yes. <laughs> Meaning, if they decide to keep Adam Gaze, um, he is not a head coach mm-hmm. to me. He needs to go. Um, and if you get a top three pick. I think you have to go another place in quarterback because Darnold regresses because I don't think he's being well coached. I just don't think that they have a scheme in place um, or they have the right mix of talent around him that can really get him going. Uh, The Jets don't really have an identity. I think that does come from the head coach because I don't think he wanted Le'Veon Bell, which is crazy. And I think that has affected the way Mm -hmm. they want to go out and use Bell and what they want to build around him, because I don't think they want him in their long-term plans. Um, I think they need to clean house in terms of the coaching. Um, And from an owning standpoint, I mean, maybe even the front office itself just needs to get cleaned out and just bring in fresh perspectives and build around Darnold and Bell. Um, I like Robbie Anderson as a receiver, love Jamal Adams as a player, Mm -hmm. you know, but it doesn't seem like the Jets, I don't know what direction they want to go because I think they're directionless with Adam Gaze at the head coach. Well, that's it, it's funny. I don't know when you tune in. Thanks for calling in, though. Um, but I said, you know, earlier, they, they, where are the positives on this team? And essentially that's the, kind of the same point. What, what's the direction? You know, what, what can they point to and say, well, at least we're doing this right at this point? Um, you know, even at the end of last year, you could say Donald was coming along. Don, you know, Donald's 22. He's barely had a, a full season of games under his belt. He's a guy you have to keep building around. But in terms of the draft, if you're in the top three, I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, if you're at two and you can move down to three and let someone jump up and take a quarterback, that's fine. Because my thing is if you're in the top three, you've got to get Chase Young. And then you go from there. I think Jamal Adams will be on his way out. I think he will be traded. I think he will bring a first. I think that first has to be an offensive tackle. And I think that's the direction the Jets would look to go because they can't not do that at this point. But I, listen, I don't, it's hard to get Jets fans united or in agreement on a topic, but I, I, I don't. I think I've seen three or four pro Adam Gase comments um, in the past couple weeks, and it, it's got to be 95, 90, 95 plus percent of fans are ready to move on from Adam Gase, despite the fact. And many of them, like myself, explaining that they understand the importance of continuity and they want to have some continuity for the young quarterback to make his life easier. But Adam Gase has been that bad. The fans are willing to say, you know what? Continuity isn't so important that we're willing to let this guy get ruined in the name of it. Yeah, I mean you got to get 
you got to gather this just not a leader. Um, where I may have to disagree um, is about Jamal Adams. I think Jamal Adams is the type of player the Jets need. He wants to win, plays the type of fire and passion they need. He's just surrounded by a coaching staff that, quite frankly, I don't think are good leaders, and he has a hard time playing for them. Um, I, think they need, I think you need players like that, and he could be a piece on the defense that the new regime can build around if they choose to do that right. I feel that if you look at Sam Darnold, and, and if you look at the picks that you can acquire from trading down since you have a quarterback, that's the way to go, get you a tackle. But I don't think that part of that needs to be Jamal Adams. I think he needs to stay, and the, and the coaches around him need to go. They need to get more people, and they need to draft more guys like Jamal Adams that bring a certain fire and say, well, listen, I, I, I don't care about the past. We're going to keep playing, and we're going to build a new uh, we're going to build a new legacy here. And I feel he's got that fire to do that. Yeah, well, I agree the coach doesn't need to go. But with Jamal Adams, my thing is I look at the way he's interacting with the media right now, and I, I get the feeling that this is his agent telling him this is what you have to do if you want to leave. I don't, I don't think Jamal Adams wants to be here anymore. I th- and I think the Jets will accommodate him. I think the Jets are in a position, and a lot of people have said it, uh, a dynamic safety is kind of a luxury. Like when you need a tackle – when you need a left tackle and you need a right tackle and you need a corner one and a corner two and you need some receivers, safety is low down on the list. And now Jamal Adams is a different animal because you can move him all over the place. He can be an edge guy. He can be a slot corner. He can do a lot of things. I've been one of Jamal Adams' biggest fans and defenders since the day he was drafted. But the way he's conducting himself tells me that, you know, and this is, what, you know, this is one thing I didn't like about Jamal Adams' interview after the game the other day or, or the, in the days following I mean, he was clearly sending a message. When they asked him, you know, have you spoken to Gates? Have you spoken to – no, I spoke to, to Mr. Johnson because I trust Mr. Johnson. Mr. Johnson respects me as a person. And he must have said four or five different times, I trust Mr. Johnson. I trust Mr. Johnson. He was sending a clear message. And when the reporter – the reporter doing it the right way, saying – because Adams was clearly saying that he doesn't trust Gates. And if he doesn't, that's between him and them, whatever. But when the reporter says, like, hey, are you saying you don't trust these guys? Which clearly is what he was saying. And Jamal, no, man, don't say that. I didn't say that. Don't say No, you didn't say that. But you did say five times that you spoke to Chris Johnson because you trust him and you were still yet to speak with the, with the GM and the head coach. Like, you don't trust them. Okay. And you, you clearly, your agent and Adams and his agent met with them and, and the Jets – picked up the phone when teams looked to make a deal. And now, Adam, I think, I think the subdued Adams that we saw the other day is a guy that knows he's on his way out. I'm not going to get fired up. I'm not going to yell and scream. I'm not going to get emotional about this. I'm just going to stand in front of my locker and say, hey, we have Adam Gase's back. Like, you, you won't talk to the guy, and you don't trust him, but now you're just saying you have his back. And it's, it's a cookie-cutter answer. Like I said, that approach I have no problem with. If you're in a job where you know you want to be out, and you know your agents probably told you, look, dude, we're either going to get the Jets to pay you like a shutdown corner, they're either going to give you $18 million a year to play safety, or we're not coming to camp unless they trade you. So Jamal Adams knows his time is done here, and he's, gonna, he's not going to be the, the sad guy with the hoodie pulled over his head and the shaking his head, can't believe what happened. I think it's just going to be a lot of, hey, you know, yeah, we've we got to go back and look at the film, and we're going to try, and we're going to see if we can get this thing turned around. And I, just, I think it's inevitable. I hope I'm wrong, but what I would hope, is that the Jets give him an extension that's, you know, market value, not where they get robbed, and the guy goes to the Hall of Fame as a Jet. That's what I hope. But his, his body language and his, the way he's, he's acting tell me that he doesn't want to be here and doesn't believe he will be here. Well, well, all of those points you just made, you know, can't disagree 
can't disagree with any of those points, but I think that does buffer what I'm saying, uh, that if they get rid of the regime they have now, I wonder how much his attitude changes. He doesn't trust this regime. <laughs> and let me tell you, the players know, especially a great player like that, he shouldn't trust this regime. He should have never hired Adam Gaze. What, is he, what did he do to earn that job? He wasn't even successful in the division. He had the, he had the nice year where he went to the playoffs. They got blasted by my favorite team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, he doesn't inspire anyone to leave. The Jets need Well, I, I, you know, it's funny. I, I went back. I, I couldn't – I remembered not liking the Gaze hire initially, um, but I couldn't remember what my first tweet was after the hire was announced, so I went back and looked it up the other day, and I actually tweeted to um, – what's his name? The, the, uh, Dan Orlovsky, who, who, who approved of it, and I said, I, I said, what has Adam Gase ever done that should give Jets fans confidence in this hiring? Um, and that was basically saying what you just said. Like, what is he didn't deserve the job. Um, now, as far as the regime, they just – Joe Douglas hasn't even had a draft yet. Joe Douglas hasn't had an offseason, and he just got a five-year deal. Um, so you're not going to get rid of the GM, but that's part of it too. I think Jamal Adams' issue is probably more with Joe Douglas than it is with Adam Gase because Joe Douglas is the man who's taking these phone calls when teams are calling. So, you know, he said we have Gase's back. Um, even though I don't believe he does, but he at least mentioned Gase by name in that sense, whereas Joe Douglas, he hasn't said anything, hasn't spoken to him. Douglas is the guy who took the phone calls. Joe Douglas just got to, no team is going to fire a GM like, here's a five-year deal, um, and we're going to fire you before you ever have an offseason. I don't think that's realistic, and I think Joe Douglas, you know, I, I think he's going to get a couple off-seasons to do his job, and hopefully um, for the first time in a very long time, the Jets will have a situation where the GM – hires the head coach and not they're hired at the same time or they're hired separately, but one doesn't work for the other. Just let Joe Douglas pick his coach and run an off season. But uh, thanks so much for calling in. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate it, man. Thanks. All right. Take care. All right. Right back to the phones. Uh, Nine, seven, three area code calling in. What do you got caller? Uh, I'm just a grown jet fan. Of course. I mean, the question was, uh, can they sink any lower? Yeah, I think they could sink any lower, especially if they could lose to the Giants uh, this Sunday. That could be even worse. As we go into what I call the Sewer Bowl. Well, the, the Giants, I think the only the only way I would say the Giants game would compare to the Dolphins game, because like I said, I don't, I don't know if you heard early on the, the, the opening to the show, but my, my thing was when you lose a game to a team that is at, whose mission is, is to actively lose football games. Like, you, you messed up their season by letting them win. Like, it doesn't get worse than that. The Giants game will be comparable if, if like, people are saying, oh, Jets fans are going to sell their tickets. Do we know the Giants fans want to go to games right now? Like, who's going to buy them? I don't you think know, so. You have two atrocious football teams. It's not like you're playing a Giants team that's headed to the playoffs or it's not like you're playing the Steelers or, or anyone good. You're, you're two garbage football teams. The only reason I could see Giants fans maybe buying these tickets is because they're like, because they're thinking this is one of our few chances to watch a win this season. So maybe they do come out. So if you go That's out and you rights. lose again, yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if anybody's got any bragging rights this season. But if you go out there and you let – you know, Daniel Jones dropped three or four touchdowns on you, and and Jets fans are outnumbered, say five to one, six to one in the stands. Then yeah, I, I wouldn't say it'd be lower than the Dolphins, but it'd be it'd be it'd be right there with it. You know, it would be uh, 
it, I mean, at this point, like splitting hairs, basically, you know, mm. uh, choosing between yeah. two, two methods of torture, essentially, because the Giants are a very bad football team, and I would imagine that there will be a good number of their fans in the building. But it's not as if uh, yeah. I will. And look, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I can't. I can't imagine Giants fans are, are desperate to go out to a game. Um, no, because they both stink. They both stink right now. But but again, it, the Jets are worse. There's no questioning that. So maybe, maybe the Giants fans say, you know what, I can, uh, you know, bust my neighbor's chops because uh, he's a Jets fan, and I'm going to go out there because the Giants are probably only getting one or two more wins this year, and this is one of them, and let's go out and watch them beat the Jets. So that may very well be the case. Mm, yeah, so I guess they can say Jones has been a flash in the pan. I mean, he had one or two good games, but after that, you know, he just uh, fell apart. Yeah, and, you know, that's, that's going to happen with young quarterbacks. He's a guy that a lot of people feel is overdrafted. I kind of root for him a little bit just in terms of I, – I think the Baker Mayfield stuff, because Baker Mayfield is – let's face it, he's a douche. Um, and hearing him trash this kid, I thought, you know, I hope this kid kind of comes out and shuts Baker Mayfield up, um, just from a, from a human interest standpoint more than a football interest standpoint. But things have not gone well for him either. So if Greg Williams can't find a way to slow this kid down, then um, really, I mean – it's hard to envision this team winning a game this season now with maybe yeah. the exception of Washington because I don't, I don't even know who the hell their quarterback is at this point. Uh, but but listen, right now, nobody, nobody is worse than the Jets right now. So you, you can't look at the schedule and say, oh, there's a winnable game. I mean, I would say the most winnable game is probably Washington, but I'm not saying they will win it. And let's face it, it's in their, probably in their best interest to not win a football game this year. Just go ahead, finish the disastrous season, get the number one pick. Hell, you get the number one pick. Maybe you trade down to two and then trade down again to three. Yeah. Because, listen, there's going to there's be two or three quarterbacks, and there's going to be two or three teams that want them. Although, Tua, I saw something today that Tua might stay in college, which would be insane because he's kind of been the Dolphins' plan all along. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, it's ugly. It's uh, Could it get uglier? I, I don't think so, but really, I think – I think a lot of fans are numb at this point. Yeah. This season has been such a disaster. There is so little to cheer for. There is so little to be happy about that it's almost like, why the, why the hell bother? Why bother getting emotional about this team? Right. And that, that's kind of where I am. This is, you know, I said at the top 33 years as a fan, and this is probably uh, one of the most disappointing. I mean, nobody expected this. Even I don't care who you are, you know, myself. 92. Re- refresh my memory. I'm getting One old. No, yeah, but but nobody expected that team to be that good. That yeah, that was the one in fifteen year. Um, nobody expected them to be that good. Wait, no, one in fifteen uh, wasn't that ninety five, ninety six? Ninety ninety two. That was when Dennis Burr went down with that, that catastrophic injury. Yeah, I don't think they. Yeah, I, I would have to look that up. But either way, the only one in fifteen I recall was Keyshawn's rookie year. It might have been year two for Keyshawn. I forget now. Um, but that was because I remember the one win came against the uh, Cardinals when yeah. Adrian Morrell ran for 199 yards, and uh, the Yankees won the World Series a week or two after that in 96. Um, but oh, either yeah. way, listen, this team is atrocious. We've been through many, 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 many bad years. This uh, this ranks right up there with, to me, the worst because I felt like Looking at looking at last year, and I've said this many times, looking at the O-line, uh, hoping that Osemele would be an upgrade and assuming Khalil would be an upgrade, you think, okay, the O-line is better. 
and they were middle of the pack last year in pass protection. Darnold's decision-making is going to be faster, so pressure won't be nearly as much of an issue as it was last year. Turns out it's infinitely worse, and with that being the case, everything falls apart because you can't move the damn football. And defensively, I mean, this team has really hung in there against some, some teams this year. Given the talent level, I think Greg Williams overall has done a solid job. Um, you know, questionable move here and there, of course. Yeah. But I think overall he's done a decent job given the talent he's had to work with. But the offense, again, the offense was upgraded at running back. It was upgraded at receiver. You can make the case now with the way Griffin's playing, it was upgraded at tight end. So you got better at receiver with Crowder. You got better at running back with Bell. You got better at tight end by adding Griffin. Of course, Herndon's been out all year, which is, which is a factor. But you did yep. enough that if the offensive line was even the same as it was last year, which there was every reason why it should have been better, but even if it just stayed the same, this offense should have been far better. But instead, the O-line, <laughs> excuse me, the O-line just falls apart. And then all of a sudden, your season falls apart with it. So the Jets, are, the Jets have a big – or Chris Johnson has some big decisions to make. And the first – you know, starting with what does he do with Adam Gase? And fans are by and large on board with firing him. I hope uh, it happens, and uh, Jets fans, everyone I've spoken to, feels the same way. Even though it's only his first year, do you think they're going to fire him? I mean, you know, most first-year coaches, you know, don't expect to do well anyway with the new teams. So this is another prime example. Well, I think the the, the issue is that, uh, again, he was supposed to be the, uh, you know, the offensive guru who was going to get the best out of Sam Darnold. And yeah. Sam Darnold's falling apart before our eyes with an offensive line that has gotten significantly worse despite largely the same the same uh same players as last year. So in, in what way like what has Adam Gase done that would make anyone think, okay, yeah, he's the right guy? Like everything has been worse. The quarterback, the O line, in in every aspect of the game that Adam Gase was supposed to excel has been an absolute failure. So and the backlash from the fans, I think you're going to see a lot of fans refusing to renew their season tickets based uh, on what's happened this year if Adam Gase is still in place. And, and you better believe if, if anything is going to get ownership's attention, it's, it's going to be that. Yeah. So, anyway, now getting to the Giants for just a minute, um, since Jones has been such a disappointment, uh, do you think they can give Manning one more start before um, he calls it a career? I mean, I don't see what the benefit would be to that. You know, might they probably back out there at some point just to, just, just you know, might they send him out there to, to get an, a nice ovation before he hangs him up or moves on to another team? I suppose that's possible. Again, you know, nothing to lose for it. So I don't, no. uh, I don't know that you'd say he'll he'll never throw another pass to the giant. But as far as starting a game, if you're trying to develop Daniel Jones, it, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. It kind of, you know, reminds me back in the day when uh, when Bruce Coslett gave Browning Nagel the starting nod and then benched him <laughs> to Ken O'Brien when Nagel struggled and everybody was like, well, what are you doing? Like, there, there's no purpose to this. Your season is over. You're, you know, two and nine or whatever they were at that point, one and seven. Yeah. You're not going anywhere. Like, the whole point it now is to develop this quarterback. So I think that's what the Giants will stick with, especially given the fact they took him as early as they did. So I think, I think they stick with Jones – but maybe, you know, like I said, maybe send Eli out for a series to get a nice nice ovation from the fans on his way out. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because I asked this, you know, like, you know, 
I mean, when Jones has, you know, brief um, success, you know, I thought, okay, they're probably going to keep him, man. Manning is done. But now that we see that he is uh, falling by the wayside, I thought if Jones should bust, which uh, for the most part now he has, would they bring out uh, Manning for, you know, one more start? And I thought, like, you know, towards the end of the season that that would happen. Well, you never know. Like, a, you know, class guy, won them a couple rings, so maybe they do him that that, uh, that favor down the line. But uh, I don't think we'll see him this week, you know, as long as Jones is healthy. And uh, right. the Jets, look, the, the Giants have some, even though their record is, is not a whole lot better than the Jets, they have some dynamic players on offense. And clearly, uh, as bizarre as it seems to say, uh, a coaching staff that has a much better idea what they're doing than the Jets have at the moment. So, That'll, that'll yeah. you know, it'll play out this Sunday. I think it'll be another boring football game. I think it'll be another Jets loss. I don't, I mean, listen, they just lost to the damn Dolphins. I'm not picking them to win another game this season. Yeah. I don't see how anybody could. But, uh, but, you but thanks so much for calling in. And uh, tune in and call in next week. I uh, look forward to hearing from you again. All right. Just one of the, you mean you think the Jets are worse than the Bengals? Though? They haven't won a game yet this year. Yeah, well, again, the, the Jets just lost to the only team that hadn't won a game this year in the, uh, and the Dolphins. So um, uh, you lose to the Dolphins, who are trying to lose games on purpose. Then I'm gonna, I'm, <laughs> I'm, you're ranked 32 in my mind. I get, I get the point. All right. On that note, we'll end it, and we'll talk again next week if I got time. Thanks. All right. Thanks so much. All right. So as I said, uh, for me personally, won't be, won't be picking any Jets wins from this point on. Uh, well, I, I can't see how I would see a miracle turnaround and they come out and look like an actual football team, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. So, yeah, I'll be picking the Giants this week, 24-10 Giants, and that'll do it for us this week. Well, for me, uh, like I said, Alex, uh, I, will, I will put out some, some, some calls, find out if he is well. He may still be recovering from uh, the, the, the emotions of having gone down to Miami for that game. I mean, hell, I flew out for that damn home opener. Traveling long distances for ass kickings is no fun. So that's it from us at Jet Nation this week. And by the way, before we go, check out our sponsor, Mile Social. We'd like to thank them for sponsoring Jet Nation Radio, for help with social media managing, social media management on all platforms for your business. Contact Mile Social. You can check them out at M-I-L-E, milesocial.com. Thanks so much for tuning in, Jets fans, and Alex and I will be back next week. Have a great night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.